I feel like nothing was real until I met you. I feel like we connect and I really get you. If I said you're a beautiful girl, would it upset you? Because the way you look tonight, silhouetted, I'll never forget it. Oh, oh, Fiona, your fist has touched my heart. Anything in this world keep us apart. I won't let anything in this world keep us apart. What's up, pig floopers, and welcome to another episode of Flooping the Pig. Today's episode is in memory of Bob Hoskins, who you all know as Mario. Eddie from Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Smee from Hook and probably a bunch of other awesome things. Bob Hoskins, we will miss you. Uh, I'm Brad Garoon. And with me, as always, are my on-again, off-again girlfriends, Justin Houston and Kevin Ford. And joining us, special for this episode, is my road dog for life, Tamara Balage, because we've got some lady angle episodes to talk about this week, starting with Fiona and Cake. Fiona and Cake is an interesting gender swap episode in which... We are, the intro is totally different. Every character has been gender swapped. Every man is a woman. Every woman is a man. Boy is a girl. Girl is a boy. And we are introduced to Fiona, the human girl, and her trusty sister, adopted sister, best friend, and roommate, Cake, a cat. And uh, they start the episode by saving, do they save Prince Gumball from the Ice Queen right away? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And then... Fiona and Gumball wrestle with their feelings for each other. Gumball doesn't seem that interested in Fiona beyond being friends. Except, after the Ice Queen's attack, his mood changes, and he decides that he wants her to come to his big gala, his Gumball gala, something like that, as his girlfriend. So, Cake and Lord Monochromacorn chaperone Gumball and Fiona on a date on Lord Monochromacorn's back and the date's lovely, and there's a wonderful song sung by um, Prince Gumball, whose guest voice I'll get to later. Everything's going great, and the Fiona gets all dressed up to go to the ball, only to find that Prince Gumball, uh, things get like a little bit almost too serious, too intimate, and then it turns out Prince Gumball is actually the Ice Queen in disguise. And this is a huge betrayal much more so than usual. The Ice Queen is much more evil than the Ice King. But Fiona beats the tar out of of her anyway. She saves Prince Gumball. Everyone becomes friends again at the end. And then Fiona professes her love for the Ice King. And it turns out that Fiona and Cake are the imagined characters of the (laughs) Ice King as uh, Finn and Jake are trapped in ice in the Ice King's lair. Ice King's reading them from his Finn and Jake's gender swap fan fiction, which makes this a very meta episode. Before we get to the ladies' side of things, uh, <laughs> Justin, you didn't watch this one, but Kev, what would you think? I really like this. I thought this was an interesting take on the universe and honestly something that's that's really brave and something that really cool that more shows don't do or just something they, for whatever reason, don't feel like they can do. And I guess it's easy to do it with a cartoon more than like a live-action show. But uh, yeah, this was neat, and especially just bringing up something like fan fiction which, again, most shows don't do, is, I think, kind of a, an understanding of their their more adult audience and what kind of jokes they would get. 
Because, again, if you're a kid, it's something that whatever. It's just a weird Ice King story. But isn't like, like, ah, that's pretty funny that Ice King would do that. Or in this case, Justin, who definitely wrote this. Yeah, it just occurred to me that that joke you made earlier today about Justin on Gchat, you said to me that Justin had been writing Adventure Time fan fiction. I didn't get it. I didn't put it together. <laughs> you got excited. You were like, he was? I was like, <laughs> I really eh, not exactly. Really <laughs> Tamara, as a burgeoning fan of Adventure Time, you've seen a bunch of episodes. And this one, I felt personally, definitely changed the tone a bit to be more about te- female teenage angst. What, what did you think of it? I really liked it. Just to tag on to the end of the fan fiction thing, I thought that was very funny and also very accurate to what people do in fan fiction. So I was wondering the whole time how what their way out was because they didn't have sort of an introduction that explained like a potion that Princess Bubblegum did when awry or anything. So I was curious and they didn't seem concerned about the gender swap, how they were going to end it. And then that kind of summed it up, although it kind of left Finn and Jake hanging there and then. They never explain how they got out of the Ice King's clutches, but that's not important. But overall, I like the episode, and I really like the way that they didn't really change anyone's personalities that much. And I don't necessarily think it really changed the tone that much about being about female um, teenage angst from male teenage angst. And that was one of the things I liked about it, is that the tone and the issues addressed didn't change. Like, Finn wasn't suddenly super feminine and didn't not know how to use swords and like kick ass. So I just kind of like the fact that suddenly Finn was saving the prince as opposed to, I mean, sorry, Fiona was saving the prince as opposed to Finn saving the princess. And that that spoke more to like my sensibilities about gender representation than had it been to do more of like a personality swap in addition to the gender swap. But I think that they did change it in ways that made sense, not like overt ways. But if you look at the way that Fiona reacted to Gumball, she didn't, she was like nervous and flustered the way that Finn gets nervous and flustered. But she also was more in control of the situation than Finn was, I think, because, you know, it's it's a tried and true statement that women mature faster than men do. So a 13 year old girl is going to be more in control of a burgeoning romantic situation than a 13 year old boy. The only problem is if you take Mm -hmm. it as a strict gender swap, Fiona's 13 and Gumball's 18. And that's creepy. It's creepy either way. Well, it's a little more fantasy for a young boy to be with an older girl and a little more like hide your daughters for a young girl to be with an older (laughs) guy at that age. I mean, it, if you read if you read these articles, they're all I read the Huffington Post a lot, and on the, there's all these articles now. There's a whole section devoted to teachers who have taken advantage of their students. Um, oh and it's yeah, mo- right. So most of the stories of women raping, technically, you know, raping boys, the, the commenters are like, whatever, dude. Boy got what he wanted. That but being the end- said, they did not shy away from that issue at all. Because at the end, when Cakewalk, Kate, I'm gonna totally mess up all their names. No, you when got, you Kate did it. Kate comes in. Kate comes in. There's definitely like implied sexual misconduct. Yeah, because she of how out. it ends, and they right. don't shy away from that either. So I don't necessarily think there's any difference in terms of how the show. I mean, of course, I was never a 13 year old boy, so. I can't speak to like your guys' experience on that. But to me, I don't think a 13-year-old girl is at all more aware of what's going on. But again, I don't know what your own like growing up was like. Um, it was it was horrifying. It still is <laughs> horrifying. I wanted to add, you know, not really involved in this discussion, but uh, I thought it was interesting that Ice King was able to, in the context of the story, put through a, a cohesive and thoughtful narrative and then just jammed himself in at the end, um, <laughs> being sort of the um, 
the object of everyone's affection at the end. But outside of that, it's a very smart, cohesive story, which we see later. Spoiler alert, they do another Fiona and Cake episode and we get a brief glimpse at more of Ice King's works. It's much more self-serving than than this piece is, which is more about what you have to give up when you when you you know, when you sacrifice independence or when you when you when you pursue someone, giving up that independence can be uh, can be tricky or impossible or you just might decide, you know, screw it. I like being able to do whatever I want to do and I don't really want to be, which is what happens in the end. She says, oh, that, yeah. you know, she's just more interested in figuring herself out. And that's not the case. I think that's where the divide comes from that was more interesting for me is that I feel like um, the confusion is – I mean, it, again – I was never a thirteen-year-old girl, so uh, I, I can't say for sure. But I, my impression is, is that the confusion—it seems to me like a much more difficult process to be. I would much rather be a thirteen-year-old boy than a thirteen-year-old girl and face the world. That—that that sounds very difficult to me. So the fact that Finn, who is comfortable in his at his age, he is comfortable in his independence and his uh, budding masculinity, and that he would pursue women. Fiona's the opposite of that. I think Fiona's a little behind in that, not, I wouldn't say behind, but she's not as interested in pursuing these romantic avenues. She's still tempted by them, but yeah. she made a conscious decision to focus on her own independence, which I think is, it's, uh, it's more adult, but that she's not there yet, that she's not fully, doesn't come across as completely fully confident on her own. I don't know, maybe it does but- put him in equal standing. Well, I actually don't think that Finn is... I mean, I think that Finn thinks that he's got it figured out. But as we find as the show goes on, he has no Mm. idea what his background is, who he should be, and his his aggressive way of pursuing women completely destroys him. Which is something that a kid his age would definitely think. Totally. And at this point, sorry, at this point, I haven't seen, like, what happens later in terms of his romantic pursuits. But in the show, he's not very confident or successful with them either. Another episode I watched recently was one where he really wants Princess Bubblegum to go to the movies with him, right? And he, like, Marceline tries to help him get Princess Bubblegum to go with him, and in the end, him and Marceline go to the movies together and are, like, totally grossed out by the people making out in the movie. So I don't necessarily think even Finn's really at that stage. To me, I guess there wasn't a real difference in the personality. And again, Perhaps it's because I was coming as like a woman watching the show originally between Fiona and Finn. They were just, yes, it, I think to me it was more about making the audience think about it, but I don't think that they were intentionally written particularly differently. I think the fact that they weren't and that they came to the same conclusion, they would have anyway makes an audience member have sort of a light go on or a switch go on and think about situations that Finn has been in differently by being able to imagine him as Fiona or think about how Finn would react in a Fiona situation. Um, obviously it worked because the young male population of the show fully embraced Fiona. There was no backlash against against these this gender swap episode and people were dying for another one. So it hmm. uh, definitely worked. I just want to touch on one thing before we move on to the next episode. Uh, you mentioned, Tamara, that this is very real to the way that fan fiction works. I know you read a lot of Shut Harry out. Potter oh and God, Doctor Who fan fiction. Okay, there's no. no need to be embarrassed here. We're all friends. Yeah, um, okay, but I want to know, like, what are the what are the tropes of fan fiction that this hit? That's a really, that's a good question. And I think it's different for different fandoms also, like, in all honesty, because, like, tropes for fan fiction are very, like, 
fandom specific and I I'm trying to think like in general like a lot of it is I mean in addition to like general slash but a lot of it is like gender swapping a really good example of something like that like less so I want to say probably in the Harry Potter universe I mean that's not true because there's really not enough women to go around but like more if you think about like Sherlock stuff like a lot of times people will swap like the way elementary did as just an actual tv show will like swap one of their genders out and also just the heavy romance like adventure time is not a very heavily romantic show for the most part like most of that well at this point most of the episodes don't really overtly at all address the princess bubblegum finn situation although it's like yes finn has the hots for her i mean there are episodes but this episode was so concretely about like are we going on a date are we not going on a date how far are we going to go on this date do you want to pursue like friendship or romance which is something again a lot of especially in like harry potter where like romance was like not addressed at all that fan fiction like really wanted to address if nothing else this episode uh did a favor for a lot of the female cosplayers out there (laughs) real there are a ton of fiona's out there now Mm. although not so many cakes not a lot of cakes not a lot of um, not a lot of ice queens either, which I do think is interesting that the Ice King just made the Ice Queen unabashedly evil in his just fan so fiction. Bad. Yeah. yeah. Like there's nothing like you know, Ice King is he he's he is what he is, and the Ice Queen is just very evil and very much just terrible. Well, you know what's interesting though? Uh he made her really bad, but he didn't necessarily make her the op you know, his gender swap. She's her own character because he exists in that universe. <laughs> right. So that's interesting. I was just wondering if maybe that leaves room for like everyone to exist in the same universe together somehow. Well, we'll get to, maybe we'll sort of kind of get to that later. <laughs> there, there is an avenue for that to be a possibility, but it's maybe. pretty abstract. So yeah, um, and hilarious. It's true. Uh, and involves you... a lot of Shelby, which I like. Well, speaking of Shelby, Shelby makes a cameo appearance in What Was Missing. Justin, you actually watched this episode this week. Why don't you uh, run us through it? I kind of watched it. Dude. Um, no, I'm kidding. I, I totally <laughs> I I noticed on my DVR these two episodes, the next two are back to back, and I went, okay, let's do it now. Uh, yeah, what was missing um, involves a mischievous door lord who uh, steals a bunch of stuff important to uh, Finn, Jake, Bimo, Marceline, and Princess Bubblegum, and they end up sort of out in uh, the desert area somewhere. Um there's a name for it, but I don't remember what it is. So it, the door, the, it's the final door, and it locks, and there are all these sort of uh, faces on it. And there's this big message that basically says, it says, the, this door shall yield to no command save for the song of a genuine band. Mm-hmm. Um, How do you and, do that? Well, I, I, I watched it recently. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, okay, so... They basically they take turns um, trying their own musical styles. Uh, they have a lot of success with Marceline, who kind of sings about uh, a lot of the episodes about the the interplay between and the history between Marceline and and Princess Bubblegum. Um, and uh, Marceline has a lot of success singing this song about um, being basically being a nuisance to Princess Bubblegum, but she actually she does uh, want her approval and. Um, she, uh, it's, it's very, very important to her, but she notices everyone sort of her, all the eyes on her and she just stops and and just says, Oh, whatever. And, um, Jake doesn't really help the entire time. He's playing the role of the bad boy in the band and just sort of makes everything worse and then whines. And at one point he makes sure to, as he runs off, like storms off, he says, I'm just playing along or something like that. 
to make sure that you know he's just you know this isn't actually how he's behaving um so and then finn figures out uh after uh eating some raw noodles that um that the the door when they say genuine ban that doesn't mean they have to be an actual group of people the genuine part is about singing about the truth and it has to be something real and that's why marceline's song worked so he started singing about wanting everyone to be together and uh it's a great song uh i i don't know what it's called best friends in the world maybe i don't know but uh it's great and everyone comes together and plays and the door opens and they confront the door lord and the door lord with wacky hand motions and like this weird sort of like his mouth is stuck with gum sound uh indicates that he was doing this to bring them all together and they were like great but they beat him up anyway because he's a jerk and stole their stuff um and everyone gets their stuff back uh finn gets back bubblegum uh, like a piece of bubblegum's hair which embarrasses him jake gets back his blankie um bimo gets back his her controller and there's this dark sort of shirt from a rock and roll concert that you think is marceline's but it's not it's princess bubblegum's which I guess this was a source of some past pain. Marceline never saw wearing it. And it turns out it's really, really significant to her. And it means something a lot to her. Uh, She wears it as pajamas. And then it turns out that Marceline didn't have anything at all and just wanted to hang out. She has no answer for this. So instead she grew into the size of a building and just playfully, I don't know, playfully tried to uh, kill all of them as they ran away laughing. So, I like this episode. Um, Someone say stuff about this episode also. Sorry, I don't treat you like a goddess. Is that what you want me to do? Sorry, I don't treat you like you're perfect. Like our little loyal subjects do. Sorry, I'm not made of sugar. Am I not sweet enough for you? Is that why you always avoid me? Okay, so here's the deal with this episode. It was the source of a lot of controversy when it came out because, well, I just want to, I just want to uh, patch what might be seen as a, a hole in Justin's, just the very end. Marceline was embarrassed when she was called out for just wanting to hang out with the crew and not having lost anything to the door lord. So that's why she grew to the size of a building and turned into like one of her monster creatures and like threatened to kill everybody. Yeah, that's out of like embarrassment. <laughs> right. Um, she go crazy and try to murder everyone. Right. It just she was embarrassed. So uh, this piece of information where the whole episode is about where you learn that Marceline and Bubblegum or you you get you got a little bit of it in the episode where Finn wanted to go with Bubblegum to the movies. But it's really hammered home here that there is a lot of tension between Marceline and Bubblegum. And we find out that it's because of this T-shirt. The fact that. Uh, they were so angry at each other and that Bubblegum liked the shirt so much and wore it as pajamas, which a lot of parents, I think, found very intimate, made it seem like there had been a relationship that was more than just friendly between Marceline and Bubblegum in the past. And since parents, I forget which comedian says this, Louis C.K. says, you'd rather gays didn't get to do, didn't get to marry matter each other more than you'd like to talk to your ugly kids about a thing. So... 
that came up here. Now, it was never said overtly by the creators that that was their intention, but it's sort of irrelevant. The relevancy here is that people flipped out, and there, and that, um, and the and the showrunners had to come out and say uh, that that was not their intention. And I think that's kind of nuts. Now, um, Tamara, you went to Sarah Lawrence School for Girls and Some Boys, <laughs> and uh, you were big into queer theory and all that good stuff. What do you think about this controversy? Well, what's interesting is this is actually one of the first episodes I saw. I saw it before I started to watch it. And I remember, well, I just assumed that they used to date when I first saw it. Oh, so that was, so that came through to you. But <laughs> yeah. you a little bit look for that, right? I, I, I find do. That when I we talk about gay. stuff, you're like, everyone's gay. She may have read a fan fiction about it. So, <laughs> But that did, but that, that popped to you was that Marceline and Fiona, Marceline and Bubblegum had at least maybe like experimented with each other. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess like it's also hard. I mean, what do you mean? I'm I'm trying to think. Did I really think that they dated, dated, and had like a terrible breakup? No, probably more like unrequited love friendship situation, I guess, because of like the way I'm trying to separate my original thoughts from my now thoughts, and I can't do that. So, well, I, why I don't just, you give us your original thoughts? Because I find those interesting. No, I just can't separate them um, from oh, what I thought I now to like articulate the change. But the complicatedness of it, I guess, is to me that sign when Bubblegum was like, I never said you have to be perfect, is a sign of like, they used to date. And that was like the part of a big issue about why they broke up. But there are aspects of it, I think, that could go either way between like a friendship, unrequited love, or a dating. And it hasn't been spelled out yet. Well, I don't um, think it's going to. There's no way they're touching it now. If, yeah. Even if that was their plan. And I can't see that they ever would have. It's just too, it, I think it's a bridge too far for a show that's now on it, I think, mm-hmm. six o'clock at night. Which I think is unfortunate, only because they touch upon other romantic issues. So I think it's, it's, it's unfair. And I did read a little bit about the controversy around it. Like, I totally think it's unfair to say that. Um, those two characters, like, especially because Finn is like so much younger than Princess Bubblegum to start with. And I know that there's an episode that really deals with like the age in that, but so it's okay to address like intergenerational relationships. Um, and it's okay to address the really like, can I say fucked up relationship Marceline has with her ex-boyfriend where he like mind rapes her, but you can't address like gay people. Like that doesn't make sense to me because it deals with a lot of really real issues all the time. But that, oh, that can't be touched because, like, it's, scarring for... I don't even know. That's a, that's interesting, especially when I think about, like, how Battlestar Galactica got away with a lot of stuff because technically these weren't people on Earth. So we can kill off a million people and do have, like, a lot of suicide. And, and like, Game of Thrones, I think, gets away with a lot of things, too, because it doesn't take place in this world. But if a piece of candy and a vampire that happen to be the same gender um, may, have, may have been together... It, it it really freaks people out. I don't know. So some people don't pick up on this controversy. Justin and Kevin, I remember, or Justin, let, let me get your feel. Because I remember when I brought this up the first time, I think you had said that you didn't know that there was a controversy about this episode. Yeah, I, I was baffled. I was totally baffled that, uh, I think it was, it may have been the first episode that we did. That this, this was brought up that I thought, well, that'll be interesting when we actually get to it. Um, and uh, I, I don't, I mean, I live in the South, so it's it's a little different. Um, and I, it's I, I, there's a large call center of women that I'm around, uh, very conservative women. So you, uh, 
you hear a lot of things that make you go, oh, well, that's the terrible thing I'm going to hear today. Um, but no, I didn't get it. I, I didn't really get there. I didn't I didn't get what the problem there was. There was nothing overt or anything like that to the point that I didn't really even think anything of it. Um, it, it, it didn't strike me as, um, it struck me as a relationship thing, but it, it struck me much more as just the way it struck me more as a friendship thing, honestly, as more of a, just a, a divide between two people that really will never, ever be conquered. And you can either accept that you're different people or you don't. Um, so that's really the way, that's the way it's, you know, it, it struck me, but, um, so I don't really get the controversy. I don't. I think the controversy is the fact that there was some at all is ridiculous. I also don't agree that um, that they can't explore this again. I think they won't. I don't think they can't. I think that Cartoon Network is. Um, I think they're pretty savvy and they're not afraid to put things on television. I mean, not they're not going to make it in your face ever. You know, you're not going to see them like tongue fucking each other or something like that. But you might you know see more of uh establishing an intimate relationship and i don't think that's something that if it was approved by cartoon network would be something that they would shy away from they've proven numerous times that they're you know they kind of they're okay pushing some boundaries and if anyone got something over from that that wasn't you know trained to be looking for it i i don't know that that seems crazy to me what did you think, Kevin? This is your first time seeing this episode. Yeah, I I did not hint to get pick up on that hint at all. Really, the one thing that struck me most about the episode was how much just we learned about them two and kind of their past. But I never thought of it as anything being romantic because when when we first see them, it's mostly just kind of on the surface. You feel like oh. Princess Bubblegum's like that popular girl and Marceline's kind of like the outcast. So there's that natural rivalry sort of there. There's not a lot of hinting that there used to be they used to be friends or something was going on between them until this episode. There might have been some hinting in the past, but this was really when they explored that. And it never touched on me as anything romantic or something that parents could possibly find insidious. But again, I'm not a parent. I didn't really pay attention to that much stuff. So mostly what struck me about it was also not just the relationship building aspects of that, but the music in the episode was so fantastic. What am I to you? Am I a joke? You're not or your brother. What am I to you? Do you look down on me because I'm younger? Do you think that I don't understand? I just wanted us together and to blaze a band. Last night was the most fun I've ever had. Even liked it when the two of you would get mad at each other. And, uh, you know, I really liked what what Jake was doing in here. And, uh, yeah, that I don't know. I just really enjoyed the episode for what it was and didn't didn't honestly think too terribly much about their relationship outside of like, oh, that's nice. They have this past and their relationship seems to be mending itself through this revelation at the end. But that's as far as I really got. So I guess the controversy and yeah, that music is great. I also really like how the door lord is definitely related to Keeper from the um, Enchiridion episode. Because they, and they both have to do with mm. doors and locks, and they look almost exactly the same. I'm a fan um, of the door lord. Yeah, yeah, Keeper's so cool. much more adorable. Keeper, well, yeah, and the way Keeper talks is great. So I guess the the let me just really uh, spell out the controversy. Might not have happened, but there used to be an online recap show of Adventure Time called Mathematical that Federator Studios would put up on their blog, and they put fan art in it sometimes, and some of the fan art leaned a little bit heavier on a lesbian relationship than the episode did. And because of that, 
that uh, mathematical promotional video series was canceled. And so, yeah, they really, they, it's, I think it's mostly, you know, angry moms and Australians, oddly. This show, this episode never airs in Australia because they heavily censor Adventure Time and this one was just the whole episode got trashed. Just also thinking about where the controversy could have come, like I know that it came from that video and it came, but one of the other things that I think would lead people to read more than friendship into it would be Marceline's song, which is a really good song, touching upon the song thing. But I'm just not your problem to Princess Bubblegum. Not to say that like a friend would never sing that to a friend, but um, that on top of just the general exploration of everything is is kind of like more of an intimate song. And so I think if you're, maybe it's true, you have to be looking for it, but it's there if you want to see it. And I think it's a pity that there's so much backlash for just people like choosing to interpret things as they want to interpret them. Someone was fired because of this too. Really? Wait, wow. Really? Yep. So that's a shame. Yeah. So that sucks. I hate, I hate everybody. I just hate people. They're the worst. Um, why, why were they fired? Okay. So I'm just going to, I'm going to read the whole page. We're going to, we're just going to go through this. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Mathematical was discontinued due to controversy surrounding the recap of the episode What Was Missing. The mathematical recap focused on a possible lesbian subtext between Princess Bubblegum and Marceline. The video was uploaded to Federator Studios' blog and YouTube channel for a short time before Fred Siebert chose to take it down and issued an apology. And he said, In trying to get the show's audience involved, we got wrapped up both by fan conjecture and spicy fan art that went a little too far. On Spring.me, writer-storyboard artist Adam Muto stated that there was a problem with, the, with what the video did. It was, he said, Adam Muto said, if it was just a fan video, there would be no problem at all. The problem is that it was made by a production company actively involved with the show. The video took something that was a possible subtext and declared it, in effect, text, and made it seem like the production was actively seeking out input on plot development. Also on Spring.me, Lead designer Andy Restaino replied to CC90's question. Man, this is some serious message board stuff. Uh, question regarding his opinion on the controversy caused by the mathematical promo. And Andy Restaino said it was completely unnecessary controversy based on secondhand misinformation. So they're obviously in damage control mode at this point. As a result of this situation, mathematical was discontinued and Dan Rickmers was fired from Federator Studios. Oh my God. Fred Siebert called the decision to pull mathematical not influenced by Adventure Time or Cartoon Network. And I am going to just real quick go to this Dan Rickmer's blog where he says, Just so you know, the Adventure Time fandom is really upset about you losing your job. We want you to know that you have our full support for what you did. I guess he made he probably made the show. And his response was, thank you to all the fans. I'm reading your messages, but not posting all of the answers so I don't spam your walls. And I just want you to know that I remain supportive of, LGB- of the LGBT-, LGBT voice in everything that I do. Also, in case answering these questions is annoying, here's a picture of a really cool water Pokemon. And then he put a really creepy picture of a water Pokemon with his face on it. Props for him for actually spelling it out. Everyone else is like talking around the issue. Like no one wants to say that like we're really offended by like the gay content in this. And he has to say like, Yes, that's why I was fired, but I still support the LGBT community. But yeah. everyone else is just like totally avoiding the issue at hand. Yeah, it's all pretty lame. I mean, at least stand by your convictions, even if they're like shitty ones. In this episode, Marceline hints that she might like Princess Bubblegum a little more than she'd like to admit. Maybe a little more than Finn. Do you see where I'm going with this? You kept the shirt I gave you? 
Yeah, it, uh, means a lot to me. But you never wore it. Dude, I wear it all the time! As pajamas. What do you think about Marceline and Bubblegum getting together? So we all just spent the last two minutes watching the actual Frederator mathematical video, and I think we all agree that the video did go too far, not necessarily in a way that was super inappropriate for kids, with the exception of one piece of fan art that was shown that was probably too inappropriate for kids, but as much because Adam Mudo wrote an episode and storyboarded an episode that may have subtly hinted that Bubblegum and Marceline had a relationship, and this video, which was done by people in his studio, spoiled that subtext. So fine, and, and the video also said outrightly that Finn masturbates into Bubblegum's hair. So... <laughs> That piece of bubblegum hair that he has. So that okay. almost makes it worth, worse that uh, Jake and Bimo were ready to pounce on him during that time. Yeah, I don't know if people should have gotten fired. The video is definitely in bad taste. Yeah, that person who got the video should have just gotten a scolding. The video should have been taken down, and then she should have been told to stop making them. And that should. I want to watch other mathematical videos. I wonder if you can find them anywhere. Well, that's a good point because in comparison, I would wonder. Because they have, like, what their treatment of the episode we just talked about where Finn wants to maybe take Princess Bubblegum on a date that's not a date is. And other situations before judging this out of context. Because maybe this is very similar to all their other episodes. Yeah, and then why would we be surprised? Well, I don't know. Uh, we'll maybe come back it's not. And, well, who knows? We'll, we'll, next week we'll come back and we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll have done some research and we'll, I'll let everybody know what happened with, with Mathematical. The pose, the pose in that video of the two of them with the tongues. Are there any two characters in the Adventure Time universe that you would be okay seeing them in that pose outside of Tree Trunks? <laughs> well, Tree Trunks creeps me out too. Well, yeah, but you'd be like, oh, I get it because she's creepy. But other than Tree Trunks, well, any I... two characters, you'd be okay with them being in that pose. Listen, dude, I, last week I watched Gunter hump Jake's face. I mean, this stuff happens in this so show. So Gunter and Jake, that'd be all right? What about uh, LSP and Brad? I don't – well, I had a problem with Gunter and Jake, and I was glad that it was short. It was just like I don't want to watch an animal humping another animal's face without its permission. Yeah, I think that's what he's saying is if I'm going to have to watch that, then like two characters with their tongues out t touching each other is no big deal. That's kind of what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. Also, there's a lot of just weird stuff in this show. And, uh, right, we've watched – haven't we just – we've yeah, oh, it's spoiler. Never mind. <laughs> I had to stop myself so many times because there's one thing between them that one big, I guess, fact involved in this uh, that we can't bring up because That's it a big involves. Spoiler. Yeah, it just it can't happen. That points to it being something that um, I mean, it could mean anything, but I, I take it as as you know this being a friendship. It's because a princess. Wait, oh, is it a princess bubblegum secret that we don't know yet? Yes. That's what I'm thinking about. Okay. Yes, yeah. Uh, I think that points to it being more because of like just so much time, but whatever, we'll get to that later. More set up for future episodes. Yes. Okay. Speaking of a future episode, a future episode from this episode is called Apple Thief. Kevin, tell us all about Apple Thief. So Finn and Jake decide to go over to Tree Trunks for an apple pie when Finn rejects the food Jake cooked for them. But it turns out that Tree Trunks' house was torn to disarray and all this, and all of her apples were stolen, so she can't make apple pies. They took my special apples. No! 
And so Finn and Jake are on the case to try to find what happens. And they first kind of look around her backyard and they find Raggedy Princess, which I believe is her introduction to the series, who got knocked into a pit by some ne'er-do-wells, as she puts them. And uh, that particular verbiage reminds Jake of the times where he used to snatch old ladies' purses and hang out at this place called the Candy Tavern, where he suspected these ne'er-do-wells will be. So go to the Candy Tavern, they cover themselves up with dirt and toilet paper so they don't look like do-gooders. And the bartender buys and introduces them to these characters, which are a gingerbread man named Smudge and a guy with an ice cream cone hat named Jaybird. And they ask for the apples. And when they hear that, Jaybird tells them to go back to their boss, Dr. J, and to stay away from them. And obviously, Finn and Jake and and, uh, Tree Trunks have no idea who Dr. J is or what they're talking about, so they continue going on the hunt. Uh, Finn actually gets punched in the head, and it leaves this mark of a face, of like an angry-looking face which Jake recognizes from another building that's around the tavern, and they go in there. And they get into the building, and there's some guy named Wormo who lets them in, and when they ask for the apples, he thought it was slang for diamonds, which is what uh, Smudge and Jaybird were talking about earlier. And so they come into the building, they find them, they all tie them up, and then Dr. J and his gang show up, and they get into a fight with Wormo and his guys, and Finn, oh, and they're going to uh, bring this pig in, to feed, to feed them too. And so they flee, and while Finn grabs tree trunk, Jake grabs the pig, and they and they flee the area. So when they get back to the house, the pig says he hears a bunch of apples in, in tree trunk's house, and it turns out all the apples are locked in a cabinet that only tree trunk has the key to. And so she has the police come and try to arrest her for stealing all the apples, and one of the policemen who shows up, or I guess banana guards is what they are, he makes a note that with all the magpies that are in the area, they could use a scarecrow. And that gives Finn this hint that it was the magpies who were stealing the apples all along. What was happening is they were taking it up to this bird's nest on the top of Tree Trunks' house, and they were falling through a crack back into her cabinet. And the reason these magpies are able to do this is because of Raggedy Princess not being there to serve as a scarecrow. So once they figure out everyone's happy, and then uh, Tree Trunks says she's going to make some pies, and the episode ends. Justin, what do you think of it? Uh, I really like this episode. I mean, all tree trunk episodes are a little weird. This is probably the, I think this is maybe the least weird. Um, yeah. but it's, um, it had a lot of good stuff. It delved into Jake's, um, past transgressions, which, uh, comes up as the, um, the series progresses. Um, we see Finn in sort of a detective mode, which also, um, in, in another sense, we, we get to see in, in future episodes, um, and we get to see tree trunks, which they really like doing tree trunks as like fish out of water things where she's out of her element and she's just sort of this sexually charged, but very naive, um, person that gets caught up in things, which is what they did here. And, uh, I, I really like it. It's, um, I, it's, it's not one of my favorite episodes just because, um, some of the, uh, I don't know, some of the, some of the middle stuff where they're. Going from place to place isn't – I don't know. It's, it's not as interesting as some other episodes, but I, I like it a lot, and uh, I like the resolution to the mystery, so no complaints. Yeah, I in general just don't find Tree Trunks that interesting, so this didn't do much for me. But like Justin said, uh, you learn a little – like the Jake, the Jake stuff becomes important later. Uh, I don't know how important the Finn as a detective stuff comes in later, but it's definitely an aspect of his personality. But another important, unfortunately, uh, part of this episode is the introduction of Mr. Pig, which um, leads it later into one of my least favorite episodes um, in the show's history. 
but that's that's really all I have about this. Raggedy Princess was actually in Prisoners of Love, but oh, my apologies, I just didn't yeah. remember her. I guess. I mean, there were a lot of princesses in that one. Okay, so this is like her first time, like really being anything of worth. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's arguable. Well, because I mean, well, you know what I mean. Like, like Hot Dog Princess was in that episode too, and then like she didn't say or do anything until like a season later. Uh, and it was for a couple seconds. In the limit, yeah. I I see what you're saying. I I, I feel what you're putting down. Yeah, you're picking mm-hmm. up what I'm putting down, if you will. No, I just feel it. I'm not uh, picking it up. You like re- you reach down and you feel like all right, all right, and then you stand yeah, up and I'm keep like, walking. Exactly. I'm like that's not really for me, but <laughs> but it's there, and I, I acknowledge that. Now is this is is the pig like this character that you detest like a lemon grab, or is it just like episodes he has involvement in that you're not a fan of? Don't have any problem with Mr. Pig himself. Don't like what he does to tree trunks. More than anything, really dislike the next episode he's featured in. Just that one. And further episodes with him after that don't bother me. The next one really does. Mostly because it features a really long, really boring song that takes forever to get through. That's a shame because the music usually is super good. Yeah. He's sort of a nothing character, quite frankly, um, and doesn't, uh, doesn't add a whole lot to the show. So I don't, I, I don't like you said. I, I don't dislike him, but there's, there's really, there's, there's nothing to it, and uh, yeah, it leads us down a weird and kind of the least interesting road Adventure Time's ever taken. But that's, uh, that's but a there long are time. Multiple for episodes of it. It's just the problem. It's a, it's a road that they keep going down because there must be some, some part of the population or at least some faction of the creative team that's really into tree trunks. I like Tree Trunks just fine. I don't. Um, I don't think she's always used very well or in an interesting way. And uh, yeah, this storyline really doesn't do. I. I don't know. I guess I don't like it as much as I thought I did because I'm <laughs> sitting here trying to mount a defense, and uh, all I can think of is I really like apple pie. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, there's more to there's more to life than apple pie. No. There's more to. No. You know, like like what did you say? You said no. There's not. Oh no, there is. Like birthday cake, and one time that Finn ate birthday cake was on his birthday uh, after he went on a train ride that had a murder mystery. Jeez, what another, Stop talking. And another murder mystery that goes on is goes on in the episode The Creeps. So uh, in the episode The Creeps, Finn and Jake are invited to a mansion where they meet Lumpy Space Princess and Lady Rainicorn and. Wait, is Lady Rainicorn invited to the party? No, she she doesn't get revealed till later. Okay, so they, where they meet Lumpy Space Princess and Princess Bubblegum and Cinnamon Bun, Bimo, and all of them are invited to use different names for the murder mystery that will take place in this mansion. Um, and one by one, just like on the train for Finn's thirteenth birthday, people start dying. But in much well, at first Cinnamon Bun dies in the exact same way that people were dying on the mystery train, but then. Bimo disappears, and they find Cinnamon Bun, and Bimo exploded in the closet. And then Lumpy Space Princess seemingly is being attacked in the bathroom, but really she was just taking a massive dump. And then Finn sees a ghost, and it freaks him the hell out. And through all this time, uh, Jake is like, Finn, stop screwing around. You're just trying to get me back for the for the train mystery thing. And Finn's like, no, man, there were no ghosts involved in the train mystery. What's that all about? And in the end, it turns out that Jake had become aware of Finn's plan to get mystery dungeon revenge on him uh, weeks ago. And he turned the tables on Finn with the help of Lady Rainicorn, who is one of the ghosts that Finn saw. And the other ghost turns out to be real 
So Finn locks her away in his vault, which is a place in his mind where he puts the things that he can't handle. Now, Justin, I know you're a big fan of Finn's vault, so why don't you talk us through this episode a little bit? Yeah, this is um, there's some story problems and things like that, and some stuff that don't really make a whole lot of sense. But in general, it, this is a fantastic episode. I think um, everyone's fake names, uh, everyone's the fake names they have: Lady Quiet Bottom and um, Duchess Gummy Bonds. I'm Randy Butternuts, Butternubs. That's what it is. Um, when he says he's Randy Butternubs, that's that's awesome and. Um, guy farting is pretty good (laughs) that's right there's just so many great fake names just little stuff like that and then the dinner scene and there's creepy horror elements there's just a lot of stuff going on that's that's exciting um and uh it's even got a good conclusion um i mean the immediate conclusion and then of course we have the ending uh that involves uh the ghost lady who when i first saw this episode I I was pretty I got Adventure Time by this point, but they hadn't done anything. You know, they just sort of do goofy stuff sometimes, or they just and they just kind of let it hang there. We really didn't understand the extent that they follow up on stuff uh, at this point. I don't think we had this the true scope of how much they would come back and and figure stuff out and and play up you know moments like this. This is really important. This episode. And it always stuck with me. I said, eventually they're going to come back and they're going to explain him talking about his vault and um, this ghost lady who apparently had nothing to do with this prank. Um, and they do. And it's really satisfying and awesome. And uh, it stems from this uh, episode that I super like. Do Am I the only one that really likes it? No, I, I dug it. I really enjoy this episode. Like, I, First of all, I'm a sucker for a good murder mystery. So this was right up my alley. And of course... You know, I like Cinnamon Bun. I think he's pretty humorous. I like the story they told, and all the LSP and Brad stuff was just top-notch. Just top-notch stuff. Brad, he kissed me on the mouth, and I was like, and then I was like, oh, gross, go away, Brad. And he was like, obviously you're not ready for me, but what does that even mean, you guys? What does it lumping mean? What do you want from me, Brad? You saw I was the hottest one. Is that enough? Why'd you have to? <laughs> She's just not ready for him. No one's ever ready to kiss a guy named Brad. Not on the mouth. I don't even want to know where else you're implying. Well, that's where he kissed her. That's just that's just the long and short of it. Definitely the long part. So let's talk about snails. Let's talk about snails. I feel like we didn't touch on that episode very much, but uh, yeah. Do you have more to say? I don't have anything more. I think Justin nailed it. Yeah, no, that was a that was a really solid group of four episodes. So uh, yeah, go watch those. Fiona Cake's great. What was missing, obviously, is controversial. Apple Thief, you don't really need to watch, and The Creeps is great. So. I want to just before we get into the other stuff, I don't think we took enough time to really appreciate or at least say I don't feel like we did. Uh, what would what was missing outside of the stupid controversy? was really, really good. Just a really good so, episode. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing that will hamper you from enjoying the episode. It's a classic Adventure Time sort of multiple genres, really dramatic but funny story. Yeah, and it has two really, really good songs. Yeah. Yeah, so good. Anyway, so the hashtag snail search is on again this week. In Fiona and Cake, there's kind of the beginning where they're, uh, I think it's Fiona who's hitting these things called jelly kinders on the roof. Uh, I don't know if that's what they were called, but I'm just going to go with it because that's what I heard. And the snail's hanging up on the roof with all those deals. 
and uh, what was missing as the door lord is jumping from place to place when he jumps into Marceline's kitchen, the snail's on the handle of a pot that's on the stove. In Apple Thief, the snail is sitting on a stool in the candy tavern when there's this giant pissed off cookie is on screen just looking at him, just like shaking with anger. I don't is it know a chocolate that chip cookie? Yeah. That becomes important later. Okay, I was just like, who is this cookie who's so mad? But yeah, so the snail's in the background uh, looking all devious and angry since he's still infected by the lich. And then the creeps, he's just on the stairs inside the mansion when Finn and Jake enter and see Princess Bubblegum and the rest of the gang. So that's the, where the snail was on this week's hashtag snail search. Awesome. I, I just want to reiterate again, uh, following up on Justin's comment that they follow up on things, that cookie, does he comes back. That's awesome. She comes back? We'll see. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so let's talk about guest voices, because there were a ton in this batch. In Fiona and Cake, Fiona is played by Madeline Martin, who people might know as the daughter in Californication. Cake is played by Roz Ryan, and Gumball, Prince Gumball, is played by Neil Patrick Harris, and he sings a great song. In What Was Missing, Steve Agee does the voice of, I guess he does the voice of the Door Lord, because that's the only character aside from the main characters I can think of. But the Door Lord doesn't really speak, but anyway, that's our... a yucking sound, like that's... <laughs> that kind of thing. Oh, that makes sense. Well, this is the third voice for Steve Agee, which means he's now disqualified from being part of this feature because that's too many different characters. And then in Apple Thief, Ron Lynch, the comedian Ron Lynch, does the voice of Mr. Pig. And Rick Fulcher, who people might know from the mighty the voice of Jaybird in Apple Thief. And then no special guest voices in The Creeps because it's just our regular favorite people and I, I have not seen it but uh since this is pro wrestling ponderings madeline martin is also a co-star along john cena in the wwe studios film legendary well that's an interesting way to go that is a fact justin that happened talk to me what? about twitter oh oh yeah justin j houston to twitter and then i do a column on pw ponderings it's called rub raw i write about raw and that's it Kevin. You can follow me on Twitter at KFord13. You can also follow this very website at PW Ponderings on Twitter, of course. Be sure to subscribe to this on iTunes and Stitcher Radio by searching for PWP Podcast. You get this episode a whole day early on Sundays if you do. Otherwise, you can get on PWPonderings.com every Monday. Also, if you are currently subscribed to the iTunes and Stitcher feed, please go back to last week's episode of Fan to Fan where you heard myself and Brad Garoon chat for an hour. Almost like an hour-long therapy session for Brad, but uh, it's a good listen. If you can't get enough of myself and Brad talking to each other, there's a whole other hour for you to digest, so go and check that out. I don't really feel like I worked out enough issues on Fan to Fan. Maybe we should do it again. Maybe. When I, if I get to the point where I have to repeat guests, we can do so. Oh, he'll never get to that point. You have the whole world at your disposal. He's got the whole world. So speaking of Kevin hands. singing, stop it. I can be followed at... Garoongate on Twitter and Burger Weekly on Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, Pinterest, Foursquare, and wherever books are sold. You can follow this podcast on DG Cool Kids Table, but not really, because we're just not paying attention to that Twitter feed. And if you guys have any other business, oh, please listen to my fan to fan with Kevin, but don't tell anyone that I know in real life about it because I talked about too many people. <laughs> it's true, he did. Okay, thanks for flipping the pig. I flipped the pig. Mm-hmm.